Portage Health Foundation is proud to introduce you to Superior Educator Carrie Meneguzzo from Dollar Bay Tamarack City Area Schools. Carrie brings energy to the classroom while instilling a need for personal responsibility and accountability. She has been instrumental in bringing in Bolt, the school's therapy dog who has brightened the days for many students. Carrie has created a wonderful, positive, and caring classroom at Dollar Bay Schools. If you know an amazing educator like Carrie, go to superioreducators.org and nominate them to be recognized as the next superior educator. Once again, good Sunday morning and welcome to Copper Country Today. I'm Todd Van Dyke. Our program is brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. Find out more about them at uh, phfgive.org. Heading into the summer season, one of the things that we have missed, among the many things we've missed because of the COVID situation over the last couple of years, is some of the great historical programs that were offered by the uh, Keweenaw County Historical Society. They are back this summer, I'm happy to say, and I welcome into the program uh, Don Savara, who is a member and part of the committee that puts these programs together, and Mel Jones, who is the president of the society. Gentlemen, welcome to the studio. Welcome to the show. Well, glad Thank to be you. here. Thank you. Good to be here. Mel Jones, you're the president. Let me yes. start with you. Uh, yes. What piques your interest in history? Well, I'll tell you, uh, when I, <clears throat> we moved to the Keweenaw in 1980, so we've lived here uh, in Eagle River for 40 years, and uh, over 40 years. And uh, one thing that I found was that uh, Eagle River, I found out, was, is, is one of the most historic towns in the, in the whole Keweenaw area. Uh, in fact, um, a lot of your listeners probably don't realize that uh, the Keweenaw was settled from the north down, and some of the very earliest uh, towns are like Copper Harbor, Eagle, Eagle River. Uh, they found copper just five miles away from Eagle River back in the 1840s, and a lot of copper. The Cliff Mine became uh, one of the most profitable mines ever. Uh, to give you an idea, it has sparked my interest in it because to realize that these... Uh, the initial investors invested 110000 back in the early 1840s. Uh, when the mine closed, they closed it in 1870. They got back over $2.5 million in dividends. Huge amount of return. That's a 2,000% return on investment. Um, and, and I thought, whoa, and I only live five miles from there. you know. So I would go up in, in the cliffs and, and, uh, and just look around and explore the, the mine shafts there. And then I found out that Eagle River was where they shipped all the copper out for the cliff mine. Now, how did they do that back then? You know, there were no trains. There were not, they had to, it all had to come by wagons, and, and oxen brought it down. And they built a dock um, all, 700 feet out into Lake Superior in Eagle River where all the ships would come in. So Eagle River became a very uh, important port city. I mean, this is, and it's a terrible place to play because there's a, the Eagle River Shoals. Is, yeah, you've got that, a, that, that yeah. bar out there. It's tough yeah. to get yeah, and, ships in and out there. There are stories about shipwrecks. And there's a lot of them out, out there. there right off of Eagle River. Yeah. But uh, in that day, uh, it, was, uh, it was a very, uh, very, uh, which I say, um, important place and, and very active. So our little town, which is well, now... And, and, and Eagle River was the first seat of Houghton County. Well, yeah, I was going to say it was the county seat of both Houghton and Keweenaw counties at that well, time. Well, it, it was a combined Houghton combined. County when they yeah. split Keweenaw County right. out. Then they split Then obviously out. Eagle River had to be the seat of Keweenaw it, County exactly. because that's exactly. where it is. Yeah. And then yeah. they, they moved yeah. down 
as you say, the, the migration came down. It was only in later years that Houghton right. and Hancock and uh, the areas around the Portage really started to gain some prominence. The, exactly. first, uh, the first center was there. It is an area that has so much history, and yet there are so few people. Is that a challenge in terms of trying to keep that history alive? Because it's not like there's a whole bunch of people that you can draw on to make this work. Well, yeah, you, you've hit on one of the, the situations that we face as a Cumanac County Historical Society is having volunteers to, uh, to man all of our sites and to, uh, to operate everything. And, yeah, it is a problem. To give you an idea, the 1870 census, there were 470 people in Eagle River. Today, you're hard-pressed to find 20, 20 people that live in Eagle River year-round. Um, uh, so yeah, it fills up in the summer. It fills up in the summer, but uh, back in, you know, for the, for the year-round residents. So, uh, but we are fortunate. The people who are involved in our association are passionate. They are hardworking. Um, we have eight sites that we operate. Uh, their main headquarters is in Eagle, Eagle Harbor, where we have the Eagle Harbor Lighthouse. We have the Maritime Museum. We have the uh, uh, Commercial Fishing Museum and a Keweenaw Historical Museum, all four sites there in Eagle Harbor. Uh, plus, there's the Rathbone School in Eagle Harbor that we have as one of our sites. And then we have the central location in Central, where is one of the very few ghost towns of the mining era that still exists with actual buildings that are yeah. there. So we are we are restoring those buildings um, and we're maintaining them. Um, and then we have a new site in Gay. Uh, the Gay School is now one of our uh, new museums that we've operated. Which I was glad to see that because the folks in Gay have been working on that building for so long, yes. trying to get that into the into shape. They're going to be doing tours of it coming up on the exactly. 4th of July. Yes. Uh, I know I talked with someone who was associated with that just the other day. And, right, uh, right. They're going to have it open for tours uh, along with the parade and the other exactly. festivities they do there. Uh, another historic building. It is not cheap, though, to oh, yeah. keep these buildings up. Well, I'll tell you, we have been fortunate. There have been people who have passions for the Keweenaw and its history who have, who have left us money th through estate planning or through gifts that have come our way uh, that, so that financially we are in a position where we can help to maintain these buildings and our facilities uh, and operate it. And the key is that our, all of our workers are volunteer. I mean, we have a, a, a huge amount of volunteers, and we couldn't do it without their help to, that, that help serve as docents, at some of the sites and uh, help to maintain them, to uh, keep the buildings up, to open and close them. Everyone, there's a there's a lot amount, a lot of, involved in this. Because we have sites at Phoenix, the uh, Phoenix Church is one of our sites. Yep. The blacksmith shop is one of our sites. And then just uh, about four or five years ago, we started a new museum in Eagle River, and where it actually all began. Because that's where our history started, actually in Eagle River, with. Um, with all that I mentioned to you. In fact, when, I, when we were going to have that site, I got a call one day from the former president, Virginia Jameson. We've got a piano that was in the hotel in Eagle River, and it, they, people want to donate it. It turns out that piano, when we did research on it, was made in 1852. It was brought to Eagle River in 1853. When the hotel opened, it was put in that. How did it get there? 
There was no, there were no roads there. There was no railroads. Ship, there was they must nothing. Have shipped it in. It had to come by boat. It would have probably come through because it was made in Boston, because it was the Boston Pittsburgh Mining Company that operated the Cliff Mine. So it had to come through probably the Erie Canal up to Lake Erie by boat, and then up to Lake Superior and and brought in there. Well, that piano, the the hotel burned in 1912. So how did the piano survive? <laughs> yeah, what the staff was able to get it out of the building before it reached that area. And, and they saved it and preserved it. Wow. Um, and we've had it. We were raised enough money to, to re- redo it completely. Wow. And it's been restored. People need to come and see that in Eagle River. Uh, it's one of our, uh, our really centerpieces of our museum. There are 1852 Square Grand, W.P. Emerson Square Grand. They, and it was the most expensive piano of its day. And it was. It's oh yeah, those square grands are absolutely marvelous. Yeah, marvelous pianos. Uh, Don Savara, I don't mean to leave you out here. That's How? Okay. What piques your interest in Keweenaw County history? Well, you know, I I grew up in a family where my father was really interested in history, so I grew up with an interest in history, and um, I grew up in Gogebic County, but I currently live in the Copper Country, and one of the reasons I live here is because of the history. Um, there's natural history as well as social history, cultural history. It's fascinating stuff, and um, I'm a kind of a history buff. I read a lot of history books, most of them local, others as well. So the history, it's a detraction. There are people who come here because of that history, mm-hmm. tourists who come here. You are <laughs> a financial mm-hmm. engine to, so, to some extent, aren't you? Actually, you know, I serve time uh, uh, volunteering at the visitor center at Central. It's just amazing how people really um, grab onto history mm-hmm. and ask a lot of questions and are blown away by what we have here. And I never knew this was here, they would say, yeah. and it is an attraction. Well, and you know, I've been studying this area for a long time. I've lived here for 17 years, and I still uncover new things and new layers and new nuances about things. And I think, oh, my gosh, oh, my word, oh, that's wonderful. Uh, But you are right in what you said earlier, uh, Mel, about how this area was basically settled from the north down to the south. Yes. Because pretty much everything had to come up here in those days by ship. Sure. And that's where the ships could dock was up in Copper Harbor. Right, yeah. There was a natural harbor there in Copper Harbor, and the ships would come up there. In fact, the first mining office was out on Porter's Island. That's where they, uh, you know, for the the government set up a, 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 a... place where miners could uh, make their claims and so on there in that area. Now, the Keweenaw County Historical Society, I am going to assume maybe all of the members are not from Keweenaw County? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would say probably the vast majority are not. And uh, they're like uh, Don here, who's uh, a transplant, and they just love the history. They love the area. And uh, they've uh, given of their time, and they, they see the importance of preserving it. And that's that's really our mission is to is to maintain and preserve uh, what we have here, and it's and so many people don't realize it's kind of a, a gem, a jewel that that we have up here in the Keweenaw, and we're trying to tell that story. I want to get this in before we run out of time, and we've got some time left, but I want to make sure I get it in. If somebody is interested in joining the Keweenaw County Historical Society, how do they go about that? Well, you can you can get on our website, and I would strongly urge people to get on. It's If you Google Keweenaw County Historical Society, our website will come right up. You'll see it. Uh, there are 
there are ways uh, you can you can go through that process and it'll tell you how to become a member um, of it and uh, we is it really really expensive oh no no I, you the, we have different levels that people can uh, contribute to uh, to it as to become a member uh, in fact we have a lot of our members are lifetime members now that's if they do that they give a larger donation but I think it's $25 is the lowest level, and it goes up to 50 and 75 for the year. Uh, so we would encourage people to, to join and to be a part of our association. That would be great. And all of the events that we're going to be talking about are open to everybody. You don't have to be a member of the society, although there's a little discount if yeah, you are. That's right. Yeah, you yeah. save a buck, I believe, yeah, in most cases. Yeah. So so let's, uh, Don Severo, talk about some of these events that you have scheduled through the summer, and it's quite a wide variety of things that you have picked out here. It's quite a wide variety, and um, it touches many, many aspects of uh, life in the Keweenaw. And um, we're going to look beneath the earth with an archaeologist. We're going to look below the surface of Lake Superior with a couple of different presenters. Um, one presenter is looking for a couple of um, minesweepers that went down in Lake Superior back Wait a minute, in minesweepers? We had mines? We had yeah. mines in Lake Superior? But we had minesweepers, but no mines. <laughs> no mines. But there's an interesting story so behind were, that. I won't give you details. So they were very frustrated minesweepers. I want to, I want to pique your interest. And um, uh, you can learn about the search for those two ships that went down, which was the largest disaster on Lake Superior in terms of lost lives. Seventy-six of them went down with those two wrecks on the same day. The Anchorman and the Sarasols. Yes. And um, we're going to also have uh, presenters talk about uh, life back in Keweenaw County. You can look at log cabins. There's ways of uh, looking beneath the surface of the earth with LIDAR equipment. And that'll be fascinating in its own right. We also have Jack Dio coming up from Marquette. He's got a huge collection of photos. And he's going to show them. They're all about uh, copper mining and iron mining. And uh, it's a tour around the United States. And that's going to be in 3D. He's donating the glasses to be able to see these ancient photos. I saw the, the stereopticon things in there. I'm sure young people today have no idea what those are. I don't even know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen them before. I've seen, they're, they're remarkable. Uh, basically, what the, the technique involved two different photographic plates taken at slightly different distances and kind of superimposed on one another. And then when you put the glasses on, it gives it depth of field perception. Oh, okay. So it's not like looking at a flat photograph. You see an actual depth of field, and it makes it a little bit more lifelike, a little bit more real. It's certainly not uh, close to today's virtual reality that we uh, enjoy sometimes, but it's certainly a, a, a different way of looking at things and gives you a different perspective. Uh, I'm talking with uh, Don Savara from the Keweenaw County Historical Society and Mel Jones, who is the president mm -hmm. of the Keweenaw County Historical Society and the Adventures in History programs that they have coming up this uh, summer. Let's do just a bit of a thumbnail sketch of each of these. Uh, we don't want to give too much away in some cases, but uh, um, how much actual archaeological work goes on I know your, your first program, uh, Dr. Tim Scarlett from Michigan Tech, will be there. Uh, I don't think too much sometimes about archaeology. I think about archaeology in ancient Egypt and places mm -hmm. like that. But digging in the copper country is, is a thing. 
Well, it certainly is, and there's much to discover there. Um, Tim uh, Scarlett has been a presenter on our programs in the past, and uh, he always brings us some, some really fascinating information. You're talking about the hotel that burned down. He's, d- he's done some work on that yeah. site as well, yeah. and he will reveal what he's found there. Um, and there's some other communities there. And you notice his wife comes up on July 14. She's an associate professor, Sarah Scarlett. And um, she's go- she's got yeah she's got the one who's got the the ground penetrating radar yeah and and they such. both do frankly oh do do they both use yeah. uh, that's something I need to learn a little bit more about is how effective that is and how well that works in well he's going to things. he's going to demonstrate it so it, it it's that's got to be fascinating to see in addition uh, we have uh, uh, Brendan Baylot coming up in August and Brendan uh, has roots in the copper country in fact he has a cabin up in Kiwana and um, he has an extensive background he knows everything about all the ships in the Great Lakes and he's going to be up here with uh, photos of sunken ships and he has stories behind all of them and I'm really thrilled to have him back because he was a uh, guest of the uh, tech archives a few years ago did a present I said to myself at that time I said God he runs out of stories Uh, we've got to get him back and finally I'm in a position where I can get him back and he's coming up that's got to be fascinating I think we don't pay enough attention here to our maritime history. The big ships don't come and go from this area anymore, so we don't think about it, and we don't realize how important and critical shipping was to this area and how dangerous it was. um, There's a new book out about the wreck of the Bangor. Yes, yes. I just got a note from the author uh, within the last week or so, and I'm gonna try to get him on to talk about his new book and his research on the Bangor which is one of the most notorious shipwrecks in Keweenaw County. Yeah. That will be fascinating. Yep, yeah. I'm looking forward to trying to connect with him and talk with him, and hopefully that'll be coming up on a Copper Country Today program before too long. That ground-penetrating radar has to be helpful when you get to sites that are basically ghost towns. Exactly. That's where they come in handy. I mean, uh, you don't have to just use a shovel anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, we, there are an awful lot of places around here that have basically disappeared. Yes. They've been grown over. They were towns at one point. Right. In many cases, had uh, well, you grew up in one, uh, Don. You grew up in one over in, in Gogebic County. Yeah. Well, you know, this is what makes history so fascinating. So what's there? What did, how did people live in the past? What was their culture like? And uh, and what's the influence of our past on our present? Yeah, why did that settlement not work when the one next to it did? And why did this one fail? And why did this one become successful? some, some, there, there's a, I, my background is in Southern Houghton County with our, our family camp down there. Uh, Kenton is still a, a, a live town technically, though it's a, a pale imitation of what it was a hundred years ago. But there's another town that I need to learn about down the street. It's called Kitchy. Yeah. It was platted. I know there's a plat for it in the state sure. uh, records, but I don't think it was ever built or if it ever was, there's nothing left of it now. Mm. And there are towns like this all over the place. Oh, that you know, you could at some point identify and point out. Yeah, we we have one up in uh, that we feature on our museum in Eagle River, which uh, is the town of Clifton. That town uh, had over twelve hundred people. Today, there's nothing. It had three churches. It had a schoolhouse. 
you know, uh, all there are two cemeteries that are still there, and that's where uh, ground penetrating radar can help us too to identify uh, where are these graves, you know, because the markers are gone. Where there is there are there are there still sites there? Where well, that's that a point. There are there are cemeteries that have been abandoned. There have oh yes yes, and uh, you know I suppose there could be a project in trying to identify and to. Right. To reclaim those graves, right. uh, per- perhaps move them someplace else if that would be historically appropriate. I see you have the uh, the Keweenaw Bay Indian Community Dance Troupe coming yes. up. Yes, uh, we had them before, and you know they they were a big hit. We certainly learned a lot about their uh, learned a lot about their 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 culture, and they taught us how to dance. Yeah, I when I first moved here because I live in Lance, I live three blocks from the reservation. I have friends who are, are, are tribal members and I went to the powwow one year and I asked a friend to join me there and explain to me what I was seeing. Because it's one thing to look at what they do and say, okay, it's colorful, it's got movement, it's kind of cool, there are lots of drums, things going on. But everything that's involved in that has some kind of specific meaning, doesn't it? Sure does. And, you know, they, they, they explain it to us, and uh, I don't remember all the details, but, you know, um, the, the way they live and the, the, their style, I mean, it was very um, interesting and attractive. And once the, I understood what the significance was of the dances they were doing, of the regalia that they were wearing, once I understood that, it just opened up a whole new window for me as to what I was seeing. And I would certainly highly recommend uh, that that's going to be coming up later this summer. Do you know the date on that yet? No, uh, the date has been determined, but it's not on our brochure, and I don't happen to have it handy. Okay, well, it, it, it'll be on our QNRReport.com community calendar. Yeah. And, of course, it'll be on the website as well, yes, the QAnon Historical website. Society yes. website. Um, that's one that I highly recommend because yes. if you've never seen the Ojibwa dances, and learned what this is really all about. It's an eye-opening experience, and it was something that I very much enjoyed, and I certainly recommend it. Um, one thing I've never done, and I desperately want to do, is go make cider at Central in the fall. <laughs> I have never done it. You've never done no, it? No, I've never done it because, frankly, it looks like work. <laughs> well, but I love cider. For me, yeah. cider's worth work. Yes. Cider's, well, we'll see you there then this summer. I'll I'll keep trying to get there. Every year something comes up, but the uh, the the trees that are there, yes. these apple trees. There are apple trees all over the Copper Country. There are. Yes, there are. And I've often wondered why there's no record of Johnny Appleseed <laughs> ever having made a visit here, because it certainly looks like he came by. Obviously, there was somebody who brought a lot of apples in and started this trend, and apples do grow here, yes. and it's an important, I'm sure it was a very important food source It would be. for yes. people uh, back many years ago. There aren't a, a whole lot of fruits that grow here. We have our blueberries, we have our strawberries and chassel, yes. but uh, we did have those heritage apples. So, uh, Does anybody have to take care of those heritage trees there at Central? Uh, does somebody maintain those, or do they just be trees? Well, I think they're probably just be trees. I don't <laughs> think that they're doing a lot. They need to do more, because if you prune them, then they'll do a lot better uh, with them. But uh, we, we ask people if they want to bring, they can either bring their own apples with them, and we can and make cider with them, 
or I think there are some that they can pick around the area too that they can use for, for to make their cider. So uh, it's gonna this this fall. Uh, my wife and I are gonna kind of be heading that adventures up there, and so it's gonna be new for me. I'm I'm excited to figure out uh, see how it all happens. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna make it work. Yep, I have never done that, and I really really do want to do that. Let's see, you've got some other things that are coming up across Keweenaw County that you aren't necessarily particularly uh, attached to, but we can mention them. Uh, we've mentioned the gay 4th of July yes. parade and the yes. open house there. Um, the Central Church reunion coming up at the end of July. Um, the Eagle Harbor Art Fair yes. is always a yeah. big attraction. And if you go to the Eagle Harbor Art Fair, make sure that you check out some of the sites, that yes. the historical sites that right. the Historical Society has there, the Lighthouse, the Museum, and such. Right are certainly going to be open and available at that point. It's a wonderful way to spend a day or a weekend or a week or an entire summer, I suppose. Yeah. I would like to uh, suggest that people who are interested in our programs uh, of uh, the adventures in history that we've talked about today, that space is limited, you better come early. Otherwise, you'll be standing or it will have to be turned away. So plan well, to that come is, early. That is one of the challenges that you have. It's not, like you, have a, not <laughs> like you have a 500-seat auditorium somewhere. <laughs> That's right, but county. maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> the work you guys do yes. with the relatively few people you have, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if you could pull it off. So, yeah. uh, again, check the Keweenaw County Historical Society website yes. if you'd like to know more about what they do and the Adventures in History program. And uh, uh, Don Savara and Mel Jones, thank you so much for being part of Copper Country today this week. Well, thank you for having us and letting us share uh, this important history that we all love. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Copper Country Today. Today.